Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. Uh, this is uh, a fun little episode, as in uh, Josh and I already recorded it, so that's fun. Um, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, man. And by already recorded, yes, it is pre-recorded, but this is our second go-round right. <laughs> recording this episode. Remember, if you guys were here a long time ago, uh, we did this with the review of Dark because we couldn't get the recording just right. Um, and it took us four recordings. This is the first time we've had to do two recordings since then. Main reason is, hey, guys, as a PSA, always update your shit. <laughs> Greg's audio shit the bed. Real bad, because I didn't update Audacity, so there's that. Um, so yeah, if there's parts of this conversation that seem like uh, we have glossed over it real quick, it's because we already kind of discussed it, maybe. We're going to try to hit all the points that we did before, but just so you know, that's what happened. Uh, transparency and all that jazz, I believe in. Um, uh, what Josh and I do here is we watch two shows in their entirety on an inner streaming platform, uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube Red. Uh, they have to be originals. They can't be like just, oh, it, you know, the office is on Netflix, so let's watch it. No, it has to be an original content sort of thing. We give our thoughts and impressions the uh, and an overall synopsis of the show, and then we give it a grade at the end. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about Living With Yourself, starring Paul Rudd, and the movie Dolomite Is My Name, starring Eddie Murphy. Um, however, there is a, a bit of a, an addendum to this. Uh, Disney Plus has just started. Um, and, uh, with Disney Plus comes new original Disney Plus content, which we plan on reviewing on the show. Um, however, <laughs> they don't do bulk seasons like the other streaming services do. So, uh, right now Mandalorian is the one that we're really paying attention to. And it comes out weekly oh, no. episodic content. <clears throat> the only one. <laughs> well, there's uh, High School the Musical, High School Musical, the Musical, the 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 show, or something to that effect. There's the World According to Jeff Goldblum, uh, something with Kristen Bell. There's a few originals on there, is my point. But the only no, one, we, no, I mean the only one that matters. That's yeah, that's, that's only, yeah, yeah, the only one that matters. Well, I do want to see the. And don't get me wrong, I like Jeff Goldblum, but I don't care enough to watch it to review it. <laughs> right, right. That's a. I got nothing else to do. Um, but guys, uh, so at the beginning of every episode for this next ten weeks, eight weeks, however long the season lasts. Well, there's there's eight episodes, and the season runs okay. through December twenty seventh. There you go. Uh, it's the season finale, which okay. is a Wednesday. Um, oh, okay. Well, oh, wow, Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's got a weird release schedule in December because, well, I don't know if it's a Wednesday. I'm just, I'm looking at November, the calendar right. on my desk here. But it's got a weird release date. The seventh, the penultimate episode, episode seven, comes out on the 18th of December. And then the last episode comes out nine days later on the 27th. Okay. Well, what we plan on doing is uh, every time we go to record a new episode, if there's a new episode of Mandalorian, we will talk about it. At the end of the season, we'll do a whole review on the whole series. Um, but uh, we figured that was the best way because we're going to watch it week to week. At least I know I am. Uh, That's the... yeah. A spoiler alert, that's the only thing I don't like about the show is that it drops weekly instead of all at once. I hate it. Right. Um, I hate having to wait. I'm not a patient person. I'll say this much. The only show so far that's really, really benefiting from it, for me, is Watchmen. Um, yeah. Because Mandalorian, and we'll get to this in a second, it doesn't really end on a moment where we can sit there and just like mull over it you know, for the whole week. 
Watchmen, on the other hand, like, I, I'm constantly thinking about it. Constantly trying to figure things out in my head. Um, which is utterly fantastic. And so it's, and it's, it's weekly entertainment. And I'm okay with that. But man, Mandalorian really needs, really needs to just be all out <laughs> as one thing. Um, that being uh, said, yeah, I want it. I want it all, and I want it now. <laughs> that being said, we're going to go ahead and talk about episode one of the uh, the Mandalorian, um, starring uh, Pedro Pascal. And you know, we could go spoiler free, but at this point, the whole goddamn internet's been spoiled with the things. Like everywhere I look, I'm seeing screenshots of the end scene. Like, right, right, what was right. Revealed there, and I'm like. Just scrolling through news sites and there's a big picture of it. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. No consideration for people. To be fair, and and in the defense of the the whole like people quote unquote spoiling it, it's the first episode of eight. It is you can watch that thing right now for free, period. Like you're unsure, you can get a week free and watch that episode right now. Hell, you can watch episode two within that free week. Um because episode two launches on this Friday, the day this episode comes out, um, ish, mm-hmm. give or take. Probably in about an hour and fifteen minutes, because it's ten forty-five right now, Eastern time. Yeah, and if it launches at midnight, well, we'll see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, in in defense of that, it's. This is very easy to quote unquote not have been spoiled by. So, um, that being said, when we jump right into it, um, takes place <laughs> five, I think we said five years after Return of the it's Jedi. Set, yeah, it's set five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, following. Just a badass. He's simply called the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. And you, we pick up following him while he is tracking a bounty. You know, and they had me hooked from the first shot. I mean, I was just like, oh man, it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully presented. Uh, the the dialogue is very smart. Um, the action is great. The music is wonderful. I mean, there's literally the only bad thing I can say about this series so far, based on one episode, is that it's episodic and release and not a just whole season drop. What what made this this episode so much fun is that it like I like I said in our previous recording and other conversations, um, it's very westerny. It's super, super, like, that opening scene in the bar reminds me of a Western. The ending scene with the shootout is a goddamn Western. Um, Oh, absolutely. And I love it for that. But there's also moments that remind me of, like, old Kurosawa samurai movies. Like, we we talked about this, the scene where he meets up with the Forge. Mm -hmm. Or her name is just Forge, according to the credits. Um, Yeah, yeah. Like... That whole bit about like the honor and the 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 uh, history of the Mandalorian was very much was very samurai, like the bowing and the putting of the armor. Oh, God, I loved it, loved it to death. There's just so yeah. much of it that is very clearly inspired by old westerns and samurai movies and and i hope the whole series follows that path i really do because it's super fun oh yeah i agree and you know we don't know the names of the planets planets plural because i'm pretty sure he was on three different planets in this episode uh we don't know what the names of the planets are one of them had a very familiar feel uh where the uh he actually picks up uh his payment for the bounties and then goes and accepts a new bounty but it also appeared that his tribe 
is located on that same planet. This planet had a very Tatooine slash Jeddah slash Jakku feel to it. Right. You know, kind of kind of desert type environment. Uh, but the town feels very Moss Espa, Moss Isley, very dirty and worn. Uh, but all three worlds feel very modern and futuristic, but yet old at the same time. It's very Star Wars appropriate. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just, it doesn't feel out of place. No. Um, and it's, well, it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. I was gonna say it feels, well, that, that's, I think what's clever is it, it, to me, it doesn't feel like anything that we've seen in Star Wars. It feels different, but at the same time familiar. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. I I just I'm I'm so excited for more of it, and I do like how they threw in some good comedy in there too, especially with uh, the other um, droid, the uh, bounty hunter droid, the IG unit. Oh yeah, IG eleven. IG-11, thank you. I couldn't, remember, I couldn't remember his number. I was like, it's an IG unit. I know that much. But yeah, uh, IG-11. <laughs> initiating self-destruct. No, what? No, don't initiate self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, it was so much fun. I'm really I'm really digging this whole show. And I, I again, I can't stress enough. I'm very excited to see it. See more of it. Sorry. It sounded weird. So, yeah, I mean, if you let's give a quick grade. I'm going to I'm going to shoot out first uh, a plus a plus for this episode. Uh, I don't think I've I, I don't think I've seen a, a show in a hot minute that I felt this way about other than maybe Watchmen. So I'm very excited for to to continue it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're not giving away really any major plot points or details. Uh, we want you to watch it and enjoy it yourself. Uh, it's highly recommended from both of us. I also give it an A plus. I would I would normally I would dock it for being episodic, but it's just that good that it overcomes any negativity. Yeah. Um You know what's funny, Josh, is uh uh the guy who made the show that you're trying to watch right now that you're not the world's biggest fan of. Uh he directed this, I know. Yeah. I mean I know he's great at world building. And for what Greg's referring to, I've never seen the animated Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels that follows up. So this morning, I tried to watch the Clone Wars movie that started that series off, and then the first episode of the Clone Wars, and there was nothing in it that I liked. And it's Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie. I don't hate it. But all the things I dislike about Attack of the Clones are present in this, turned up to 11, and combined <laughs> with Looney Tunes, slapstick, cartoon Bugs Bunny style antics, which I love in Looney Tunes. I don't love it in my Star Wars. I uh, well, So I, I've been assured that that goes away and it gets darker and grittier and more realistic. And if the story I, really picks up, I just well, got to push through this early stuff. I wouldn't say more realistic. It's, it, it keeps it's like, Oh, this is clearly on Cartoon Network when kids get off after school, like kind of vibe to it. But the grittier yeah. and darker and darkerness of it is like, I was going to slightly spoil. There's a guy that's a bounty hunter. That's that's. Oh, I know. I know you're talking about Cad Bane. Yes. I, I know Cad Bane's a total badass. Yeah. I've just never seen it. I know some things that are supposed to be really amazing, like Darth Maul, you know, making his return right. and, you know, the animosity and the showdown between him and Obi-Wan. And, I think silliness. You know, I, I, I'm aware. Silliness and goofiness but, is, is fine with me in Star Wars because. We've technically had that in the original trilogy. Um, oh, yeah, we have, but not so in your face, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I get what you're saying. It doesn't nearly bother me as much as it does you, but then again, uh, I recently I mean, found you out know, you when I, when I see, you recently found out what? Uh, you didn't like the the, the uh, Gennady Tarakovsky shorts. I didn't. Oh, God, what is wrong with you? I couldn't stand the animation so style. Good. It looked so terrible. So good. 
the animation style is so fucking fun because it's it's super stylistic and and makes oh god it was the first time that darth Maul or that uh general grievous was introduced and he was a fucking super badass in that and then i played fucking republic commando and i was terrified of him in that game because he just you didn't really see him he was kind of a horror character for that game and then then the movie comes out and then <laughs> ruined all of that yeah 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 <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, yes, there are silly moments in the Star Wars movies from the original all the way till, you know. Don't get me wrong, I don't tell his mom tell his mom I said hi or whatever. Yeah, I don't I don't um, love the prequels. I just think that the the insurmountable hate towards them is is not it, it feels like it's almost at the point where it becomes well, everyone else is doing it. I might as well. And it drives me nuts because there are parts of that entire story that are fine. Um, yes, do I agree that adding midichlorians takes away from the mysticism? Yes, I totally agree with that. Do I agree that uh, kids love talking about politics and trade federations and deals with, with higher-ups in, in politics? Yeah, they totally love that. That's sarcasm. Um, oh, I couldn't tell. Do I... do? Do I think that there needed to be over-dramatized soap opera-esque moments? Fuck no. That shit's dumb. But is there a story there that is a lot of fun? Yes. There absolutely is. Um, I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying there's a lot of bad elements interspersed with a lot of good elements. See, my, my argument... And, my, my, and <sighs> technically, technically speaking from an actual film standpoint, those aren't great movies the way they're put together. Oh, I agree. They look they look great, but Lucas was a world builder and a storyteller. He was not a good director. I would argue the storytelling part. Uh well, in in the sense of his general outline of a story. Again, I stress you know, I can't stress this enough. I'm, if you've ever had a chance to look at the original script of, of, of A New Hope it is not what that final product is. Oh, I know. And his final product became what his ex-wife made it into. Right. And another member of his editing team whose name escapes me. And then thank Christ for the fucking, the other screenwriters and directors of uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, because, oh boy. Yeah. This is why the prequels are the way that they are, is because George Lucas just, he doesn't know how to make movies. I argue that everyone's like, well, American Graffiti's good. And I'm like, is it? Is, is it, it? Though? Really? You ever watched it? Come on now. It's it not. wasn't a good movie. Uh, but I will I will say this. Um, the, the prequels did give way for some excellent stories. Like, again, one of my favorite, all-time favorite Star Wars games is Republic Commando. And that game wouldn't exist without Clone Wars. So, you know, you kind of got to give credit where credit's due in certain aspects. And, and and it's argued that Clone Wars existed prior to the prequels. So there's that, too. Because that's well, I mean, what the that's Clone what Wars were alluded to. Yeah. Yeah. The Clone Wars had already always been alluded to, but nobody ever knew what they specifically were. And then when we get what they specifically were, it's just like, not what I imagined. Disliking but, the campiness know, and the silliness is, is, is a-okay with me. I think that that doesn't bother yeah. me. But, but what would irritate me is like, you're like, I hate those movies so much, I can't watch anything or enjoy anything that involves around them. I'm like, eh, that, that's a bit much. No, I mean I'm overstating that. I dislike. <laughs> I don't. I don't like Attack of the Clones. I just flat out don't. Oh, like Oh, it's that the worst movie Star Wars movie, hands down. Hands down, the worst Star Wars. It movie. is. It's the most forgettable. It is absolutely. It has the weirdest moments that are completely off the cuff. It has some of the yep. the 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 worst melodramatic moments I've ever seen in a film. Don't get me wrong. I hate. Sam. It's the worst Star Wars movie. But yeah, it it and a lot of the things from that movie. Is exactly what so far, what I've been trying to watch on Disney Plus, the Clone Wars, has turned out to be, and that's why it's hard for me to accept it. And I'm trying to push through that to get to the good stuff. The worst thing about Clone Wars, the cartoon show, is that, um, sorry, I had to burp. Uh, is that 
it never gets to Order 66, as far as I know. I haven't watched, like, the last two seasons, give or take. But as far as I know, it never does. It all stays with, it stays between episode, or uh, season, sorry, episode two and three. It stays in between that, period. So, all that stuff never goes anywhere. However, and I do have to fucking clear this up, Rebels is fantastic. Oh, I've heard nothing but good about Rebels since day one. And Ahsoka Tano is in Rebels at certain points. Yeah, I'm aware. So, I think that's really the biggest that's reason why that you'd I, want to watch Clone Wars first. Yeah, I want to get the backstory leading up to Rebels. I don't want to just jump into Rebels. Right. And well, I know there's going to be some bullshit that I have to wade through. <laughs> there is. There is. There's quite a bit. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat that shit. That the first chunk of that show is not fun because again, too much of George in it. Way too much George in it. But, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, anyway, we should move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go yeah, check out sorry. Mandalorian. It's a lot of fun. Uh, go check out Watchmen. That's fun, too. I don't know why we keep bringing up Watchmen. I just always on my goddamn mind. Oh, anywho. So, we're going to talk about Living With Yourself starring Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Um. If you wouldn't mind giving a synopsis to our lovely listeners, Josh. Well, it follows a man named Miles Elliott. Uh, married. Uh, career in, uh, what is it, marketing? Basically, ad campaigns, things like that. Um, he's His life's basically in a rut. He seems very unhappy. And uh, he notices one night. That a coworker is just like on a real roll and a real hot streak, and like everything goes right. Well, then he reach he reaches out. and He's like, "What what gives with you, man?" And the guy's like, "I went to this spa, changed my life. You should go." He said, "Here, the only way you can get in is a referral. I'll refer you. Go, you won't regret it." He goes to this spa and gets his treatment. Next thing you know, he's waking up in a shallow grave with a plastic bag over his head. Uh, when he makes his way home, he finds out that he has been cloned. Uh, essentially, he was supposed to die, but that didn't happen. <laughs> so the whole show becomes, a uh, holy shit, I've been cloned. How do we deal with this? And it doesn't play out in the fashion that you think it's going to. And it's uh, pretty well done. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's There's a lot of comedy there because uh, it's Paul Rudd. And so you're going to get that kind of level of comedy. But where I think the show really shines is its, its logic in the scenarios. Mm-hmm. I, I never felt like, A, the show was treating me like an idiot or it was treating the, the main character like an idiot. It also they they let they let the clone Miles know that he's a clone right away, like he knows right away. And so this I think is an excellent yeah. vehicle versus uh, multiplicity or or uh, other things that I've seen with doppelganger type things where they're just like, well, who's the clone? Who's not the clone? And then there's a gun held at the end, going, I don't know who to shoot. It never does that. It never pulls any of those tropes. Yep, which is a good thing. Very much a good thing. Uh. One of my favorite gags is towards the end um, when the guy that originally told Miles about the spa, he takes that guy into the woods to find his buried body and and he discovers he's a clone. And on their way back, he looks at Miles and goes, hey, man, I got a weird question for you. Do you have to like jack off like six times a day? (laughs) Miles like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I fucking... The the reason that gag works the best in the show is because um, the idea is that the clone body is so brand new that it's basically going through rapid pu- puberty. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of gags about that. It's just it's super fucking fun. Um, for me at least it was. I, I think that the last like three episodes are a little humdrum, kinda. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, it, the the ending, you know, I thought it was really well done all the way up until that ending. That ending in the last couple of minutes was just like, wait, what the fuck? Um, but I like how it was done. Like the episode one, you get original Miles and the story told from his perspective. And then episode two, you get clone Miles and him becoming aware and the story told from his perspective from this in the same time frame. Um, yeah. you, but then it shifts after a couple of episodes of going back and forth like that with them to his wife when she discovers after a week that there's a clone of her husband and now it switches to her perspective of trying to deal with it. Uh, so it's really cool how it does that. And the questions that it raises um, that that like okay, you were going to kill me and replace me with this clone. Now, the idea is the clone is the original's DNA just tweaked a bit so that the clone can be the absolute best version possible out of the DNA sequencing. So it's like a better version of yourself. But uh, they he when he realizes... They tried to kill me. It didn't work. And now this guy's supposed to be living my life? No, that's my life. I'm the one that's lived it. He just remembers it. But then the clone's like, well, if you wanted your life so bad, you know, why didn't you act like it? Because you sure haven't seemed like you've liked your life at all for a while. Yeah, it's very much a... a uh I think that's why, for me, it felt like it was going towards this, like, lesson of be thankful and grateful of your surroundings and kind of thing. Like, I felt like that was the message. And then it then it started to feel like it was detracting from that a little bit. Well, I think the whole, like, when she learns he's a clone, she's like, you were my husband. She's like, I don't know what the fuck you are getting out of my house. And then all of a sudden she realizes, okay, this clone was treating me how I wish my husband had, would have been treating me for the recent past year, year and a half, however long they were in a rut. So then she starts to think about, oh, maybe I could have a relationship with this clone and ends up having sex with the clone of her husband and then feeling totally weird about it yeah yeah because the fascinating thing i think about the show is that the clone to the clone feels like a different person yeah which is interesting because they have the exact same memories and the, the exact same dreams and desires and whatnot. memories yes but actual experiences no because right you, that's the thing and there's fascinating studies that show you can actually remember things completely differently in your life than the way they really happened. Um, so it's it's fascinating to see that put into practice in a not-so-spelled-out way. But yeah, man, it's just like, you're not supposed to be here, therefore I need to get rid of you. And the other one's like, well, I'm here now. I have just as much right to this life as you did. You didn't want it. I need to get rid of you. So now they're trying to murder each other, and it's wild. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, that to me was interesting because I I was wondering if they were going to go the route of like the clone trying to then kill regular Miles and take over his identity. And they kind of did that, but not in the way that you would expect, yeah. not in any traditional sense. So I really appreciated that. Again, the, the whole like not making the audience feel stupid, but also at the same time mm -hmm. uh, subverting expectations. I was, I was really, really excited about that. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead. And, uh, I mean, there's not much more to say about this show. It's really short, by the way. Yeah, it's eight it's episodes. They're 25 to 30 minutes a piece. Um, it, it's well done. I enjoyed it. And it ends on a cliffhanger. What I will say is 
if it gets a second season, great. I'll watch it. But if it doesn't get a second season, it's not going to hurt my feelings. It's just not, for all as good as it is, it's not very memorable. Um, yeah, it, it, I agree. It just doesn't have that staying power to me. It's well acted. It's well shot. It's The soundtrack's great. It's a fun premise. It, it it brings up interesting questions, but at the end of the day, it's just a little better than average to me, and that's why I gotta give it a B. Okay. Anyway, I gave it a an A because uh, oh no, sorry, A minus because there was a there was quite a bit that I that I, I really enjoyed. I, I found it to be very funny. Um, you know, like again, as I said before, I, I do a lot of like playing video games while I'm watching a show. And if the game makes me pause it or some to that effect to watch it, then you know that it that it was a good attention grabber. Mm-hmm. But again, at the end of the day, I think you know, in a in a year, year, you know, two years from now, I'm gonna almost completely forget about this show, even though I really enjoyed it. Um, I just don't. Yeah, I think I think Josh nailed it. Like, it just doesn't have that kind of like sticking power. So yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's that. Um. It's still uh, worth checking out, but I don't yeah. think, I don't think that not you know, a bad you're show, not going to. Yeah, it's not a bad show by any means. You're not going to be upset that you watched it. No, it's fun. Like again, a minus, a B, not nothing, nothing bad there. It's, um, it's well worth your time, especially since it's short. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to move on to Dolomite is my name. Um, interesting fact. Greg had never heard of Rudy Ray Moore or Dolomite. No, 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 no. Watching no, no. this movie, I had oh. heard of Dolomite. I had heard the name. I knew he was like a pimp-like character, but beyond oh. that, I didn't know. I didn't know Rudy Ray Moore. I had never seen any movies with Dolomite, or really knew what the character was. Okay, okay. My mistake. Well, uh, you're mostly correct. So there's that, but. I mean, because that's the thing, is he's a cultural character, so having oh, not absolutely. heard of him would be weird. And, and, you know, also a cultural character from the 70s, so. And right. considering you weren't born until, like, eight years after the character was conceived, or more, you know, it's easy to see how it wouldn't have been on your radar. Especially considering it was made for adults in the 70s. Yeah. Because it's 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 meant to be funny. Oh, and you know it absolutely was. But yeah, let's uh let's get into this movie and talk about it. I mean, I, holy shit, Eddie Murphy's back. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I don't think Eddie Murphy ever left. I think Eddie Murphy wanted to do his own thing. And here's the fun. Here's my fun thing about Eddie Murphy. Look at the movies that he wrote and directed himself, and look at the movies that were directed by somebody else. Mm-hmm. This movie was not written and directed by Eddie Murphy. This yeah. starred Eddie Murphy. That's it. Yeah. Given given the right acting vehicle for Eddie Murphy, he can be fucking fantastic. Oh, absolutely. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really go with the. Eddie Murphy's back motif just because I don't think he ever actually left. Well, uh, when I say, you know, he's back, it's just like we see him returning to form, you know, that he got famous for. A lot of the things that he had done that, you know, in the 2000s, uh, that weren't Shrek, <laughs> weren't well received. Uh, but I mean, some of the stuff was good. A lot of it was a miss. But, I mean, come on, Pluto Nash. That wasn't a really good one. <laughs> Daddy no. Daycare was cool. I Spy wasn't terrible, but it was critically panned and it just didn't do well. But you know, Norbit, oof, bad. Yeah, this is more like old school Eddie Murphy portraying Rudy Ray Moore and dude he did a hell of a job doing this. It was Oh no, he was utterly fantastic. It was. And I just have to say breaking news as of today, 
uh, Netflix struck a deal with Paramount Pictures, and they are doing Beverly Hills Cop 4 with Eddie Murphy back as Axel Foley. That would be awesome. Fuck yes. So I'm pumped for that. I, um... I, I, the, the thing about this movie that really surprised me or really shocked me was just how clever it was with its, uh, not clever per se, but when we watched the National Lampoon movie with about Doug Kenny, mm-hmm. they kind of did the same thing where it wasn't just about Doug Kenny. It, exactly. it, there were a bunch of other people around him that were impacted by him. And they really, really show that into the nth degree. Like the woman, the woman that was with them, and I can't remember her character name. Lady Reed. Lady Reed. She kind of, in a sense, owed everything to Rudy Ray Moore just because he happened to have a conversation with her at the bar. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, it developed her. There was a development of her character. I would argue that the three guys that were with Rudy Ray during the whole thing, mm-hmm. they're fantastic characters, but I, you didn't really see them grow. As much as you saw her grow, or um, or him for that matter, yeah. um, So I really, really dug that. Um, that was a lot of fun. But the 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 cameos that are in this, like, hey, we need a bunch of really amazing actors to play certain roles. Let's just call some numbers and see who we can get. <laughs> and you know, they got Chris Rock for a bit. Uh, which was awesome to see. They got uh, Wesley Snipes playing Derville Martin, uh, and that actor actually really did play, uh, have a small part as an elevator operator in Rosemary's Baby. Uh, So, you know, they're bringing that real-life shit in. Uh, Bob Odenkirk as the one uh, executive at that movie company. I mean, there, there's one, there's one cameo that I think you and I both adore. Which one? Wesley Snipes. Well, his, his isn't so much as a cameo as that he's like a, got a significant part yes, for yes. about 40 minutes of the film. But I, he did I great. loved his character though. Like mm-hmm. the way he portrayed him and the way that it played. Oh, it's so fucking good. Well, this movie also, I think I said this in our last recording, but it made me cry at the end. Uh, not cry as in like, it may just made me emotional. Like a lot of these movies, biopics have a really sour, sad note. This one didn't, this one ended on a very, very high, like celebratory note. And I was very happy to see that. I was so happy to see that, that it did move me to, to like uh, happy emotions. Mm Um, so I was very appreciative of that because I, I, I don't know, man, like, it just gave me good, good feelings, good feelings. So I was, I was just happy for all of that. And, and, uh, oh, I don't know, man, like, there's just nothing bad about this movie to me. It's super well-paced. It's well-structured. They, they, they showcase the, the trials and tribulations that he had to go through just to get Dolomite to, to work. And then yeah. on top of that, like, not just Dolomite to work, but just to be successful in the first place. Oh, absolutely. The 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 fact that how many doors closed on him because of this. But he kept opening up the doors, and that's actually a line. They're like, you don't take no for an answer. Somebody slams the door in your face, you go and open up somebody else's. Yeah. That's just how you are. His, his desire, his determin- determination and tenacity... You know, he just never gave up. And, you know, the his resolve in that regard made the people that were involved with him directly in making that movie, their lives were all the better for it. Because had he not pushed, it never would have come to fruition. You know, um... And yeah. it was fascinating to see how he struggled. You know, he he was working as a manager at a record store that, you know, and in the evening he was like the MC for a nightclub, introducing comics and 
bands for the house. And, you know, he's like, look, I'm an entertainer. I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. I'm a comedian. I've got jokes. I can do characters. Nobody wanted to see his shit. They're like, oh, well, you know, this ain't the 50s anymore. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm still relevant. I've still got stuff. And then he takes this style from an old hobo and hones it and makes it his own. You know, goes down and I, records these guys. I wonder how true that actually is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've never really looked into it. But, I mean, that's how it was depicted in the movie. I mean, if that's the case, that's kind of cool. But um, I, I truly wonder how like how accurate that is to the real story. Uh, but yeah, he didn't also just, he didn't just straight up, like, take their words. He, he, no, he changed them around, made them his own, yeah. changed the scenarios. He's like, this is my foundation. Let me flip it up and build on it. So it's not like he stole material. He borrowed no. material and built upon it, honed it and made it his own. Right. Yeah. I just, I, I, I thoroughly loved everything about this movie. Um. I wasn't bored at all. I was emotionally invested and I wanted to see it. I wanted to see where it was going to go and how it was going to end. So, Oh yeah. I love the fact that they're showing them making this movie and how it came about. And then like right before the closing credits roll, they take actual scenes of the original Dolomite movie and put them in and little factoids about Rudy Ray Moore you know, uh, so you're seeing scenes that they shot in the movie. You know, you're seeing those actual real finalized scenes at the end of the movie. And, you know, his his rhyming style when he did his act, I mean, that was basically the foundation for rap music. Uh, and that's why he was always called the godfather of rap uh, because of that style. Like with uh, his friends when he was first doing it in that one nightclub, and they came in and they started putting music behind it and a beat to it for him to follow, or you know, just playing with his cadence. Uh, that was a really cool thing. Uh, but yeah, he uh, they ended up making seven Dolomite movies together. Uh, majority of his friends there. Now, the one guy, Wesley Snipes' character, he never came back for any of the others, but, you know, he 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 uh, he played that well, too. Yeah, he did. It was uh, this flamboyant actor-asshole type, and I was like, oh my god, he's nailing this. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely nailing this. And I, uh, dude, like, I kind of talked to my folks, I was like, you guys need to watch this movie, and my dad's like, Dolomite wasn't really that funny. Oh uh, my never god! Mind. Never mind, Dad. Just I'm gonna go upstairs and you you enjoy you enjoy your cop dramas. Dolomite was absolutely hilarious. I laughed my ass off at that. Like, cause again, you gotta keep in mind, never seen a Dolomite movie. So the scene in the bedroom, I was yes. fucking cracking up, dude. Yes, holy shit, that was funny. That was. And, you know, then you see the actual real scene play and how similar it was and how close it was. And that's, that shit is hilarious. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty, like, uh, uh, airplane and, um, you know, uh, uh, naked gun. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's before all of that stuff. And yet, it's the same type of stuff. Like, yeah, visually gag, the visual gags, same kind of stuff that they would have done. It almost felt like an unintentional parody of black exploitation movies. Yeah, yeah. Like I say unintentional because I think they were just trying to make something funny, mm -hmm. but they they ended up making really solid good jokes about black exploitation within it. Oh, absolutely. Kind of like how like Airplane was making fun of disaster movies and Naked Gun was making fun of detective movies and and shit like that. So, yeah. Um God, it was awesome. It was so well, awesome. But we should we should definitely wrap this up and give it our grade in a second here. Well, yeah, yeah. It's also like he said when the one guy watching the movie that 
let him debut it in Indianapolis at his theater. He's like, what kind of movie is this supposed to be? A comedy? He's like, no, it's a comedy. It's an action movie. It's a kung fu movie. It's a romance movie. It's everything. A total package. Just like me. And it was great. And that's really what he excelled at. Um, so it was a wonderful thing to see the origins of the of that and how it came about. Really, really well done. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first on your grade since. Oh, A+. Plus. It's an easy A+. Plus. I mean, I, I couldn't praise this movie more if I tried. Um, I literally have, have I've thought about it over my head, like our, our previous conversation, our last recording and, and including like today, just kind of mentioning it. Um, it, it really is a, it, it's hard to find any flaws in this. I'm sure someone could and someone might, but for an average Joe like me, who, who, uh, very minorly looks at the super details of something, um, I can't find any fault in this movie, and I absolutely fucking adore it. So, A, a plus from me. Yeah. Uh, I I actually did notice something uh, continuity-wise in episode one of The Mandalorian, but I didn't let that detract from my enjoyment of it at all. Um, I'll mention, I'll mention it to you off-air because I don't want to make people go nuts, but, like, for Dolomite is my name, this this movie was a lot of fun. It was enjoyable from beginning to end. Well acted, extremely well acted across the board. Wonderful soundtrack, funny as hell uh, when it needed to be, and dramatic as hell when it needed to be. Um, you know, uh, it, it's 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 a great film. I highly recommend it. You know, uh, what did I give it originally? Did I give it a name or? I think either an A or A plus. I honestly don't remember. I mean, it, it's deserving of an A plus, so we'll just say A plus. Uh, it's it's there you go. outstanding, and I know it's not getting a lot of great reviews out there. But we're not professional critics. We never claim to be. We talk about what we like and what we think you would like. And uh, yeah, this is one of them. You know, and after you watch it, if you haven't already. Let us know what you think about it. Just like living with yourself, just like the Mandalorian. Let's let's talk about those. Yeah, and we'll need you to. Can, we'll definitely need can, to post yeah. something in the in the in the uh, discussion group and mm-hmm. the Discord about you know how, like what you guys think of it. Let us know. Talk to us, and hopefully mm-hmm. y'all see that, and uh, we can have a discussion. Because uh, I guarantee you. Look, here's the thing, and Josh Josh laid it out. We're we're just average Joes. We just like watching shit. That's why we started this podcast. And we hope that you're kind of in the same boat, and maybe that's why you listen, because you're like, yeah, oh, these two aren't they don't they don't make movies, and they really just enjoy watching shit. So, you know, then that's all we're trying to portray is that we we really like watching fun stuff. And yeah. So we want to know, like, if you didn't like it, why? If you did, if you if you enjoyed it, and there was something maybe we missed, let us know. I think it'd be really mm-hmm. fun to have that conversation. Absolutely. Um, We're welcoming of all opinions. My man Matt Hurd, he hit me up and he and I talked a little bit about um, Fractured last week and how he did not find uh, Sam Worthington's character to be a sympathetic character at all and he couldn't stand him. And, you know, it's just like from the minute, from the get-go, I was just like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. You know, and I was like, well, maybe it could have been offended from editing to... He's like, no, he was a douchebag from the get-go. I just never had any sympathy towards him. So, you know, we talked about differences in opinion on that and good little conversation about that. And, you know, hey, we all... Our time's precious. We don't want to jerk you guys around and waste your time on something. And that's why we do this, because I want to watch things that are good. Sometimes I have to sit through some things that are bad. But I'm going to tell you what I think about just from my humble opinion. And we appreciate that you guys listen to us and uh, reach out and talk to us. And all those links where you can do that will be posted below the uh, notes of the show. 
Uh, so, you know, click on them and follow them, and we'll tell you all about them in a minute. But before we do that, what are we watching next week, Greg, for, for the next episode of All Queued Up? Well, we're going to review episode three of The Mandalorian on next episode, a next review episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Because next when we do the uh, uninhibited, we'll be talking about episode two. Um, that's true. Just, just to clarify how that's going to work out. <laughs> uh, but after we talk about Mandalorian, we're going to discuss uh, something I'm very excited about, something Josh is excited about, but season three of The Toys That Made Us. Uh, it'll be about oh, yeah. My Little Pony, Power Rangers, wrestling toys, and my personal favorite, the one I'm excited the most about, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, yeah. Donatello is the best one. Um, Raphael, but you know, incorrect, incorrect. Uh, but anyway, no, that's you besides can be wrong. But that's no, okay. It's 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 fine to be wrong, Josh. It's okay. Um, I know that's what I was just telling you. That no, it's no, okay I mean for, for you, you to, to be wrong, wrong about, about um, Raphael. Totally Donatello is the best. Totally. Anyway, the other show that we're going to talk about is um, I have it written down and I forgot it. It is Jack Ryan season two on Amazon Prime. Uh, we watched season one. I don't remember what episode. I'm sure you could find it. It was, it was last summer. Uh, yeah. Uh, we really enjoyed season one. Um, so hopefully season two stay, hits the same notes. And it's shorter. It's a yeah, lot shorter. It's like ep- six episodes. It's oh, eight. Eight episodes. Eight episodes. I think last season was like 10, 11. I can't, I can't remember. I'll have to look. But uh, I, have a, I have a good feeling about next episode's reviews. <laughs> I do, too. Well, I mean, we've obviously been fans of the toys that made us from day one. And in fact, we were extremely fortunate enough um, in episode 10 of our review of the first season to interview the show creator, Brian Volkwas. And then the episode after I suffered my amputation, we interviewed him again for season two um, a few months later. Unfortunately, on that episode, we lost the audio, but we did do a recap of everything we talked about. Uh, just still, I'm really bummed that we lost that audio. Uh, we've actually had the opportunity to talk to him a third time, but we had technical difficulties and we didn't get to get that. But, you know, we're going to reach out and see if we can have him on the show again. He's been a friend of the show. He's always been appreciative of our love of the show and you know he's he's an, a super down to earth awesome guy to talk to and yeah I, I i really hope he says yes and joins us again cuz um it, what's what's interesting and and i'll bring it up real quick cuz we got to do we do got to wrap this up in a second but mm-hmm. uh i was surfing on twitter and there was a lot of advertisements that they've been putting out on twitter for the show and i had mm-hmm. noticed which I found fascinating that there was a bunch of people that were angry that they interviewed Haim uh, Haim Saban. Um, and so I looked into it a little bit and what they were saying was that like Haim didn't care about the actors portraying the, the power Rangers and that um, he literally said that American audiences don't want to see Asian faces on TV uh, that he, he like, screwed over the family of the woman who played Trini on the f- the first like Power Rangers series and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit that like when I actually researched it turned out to be untrue wholly untrue you wait you're telling me that people tweet about and retweet shit that's not true and they do that on the internet well my curiosity lies what? in the idea <laughs> yes i mean get thank the you, fuck out of here my curiosity lies in the idea of did Brian and his crew run into that ever? Like, did they run into controversies and decide how they were going to handle that? So I'd love to hear his opinion on that. It's less about like, oh, did you know that Heim said, like, I don't want to, I don't care about that. What I want to know is like, if there were controversies, if they knew about controversies, how did they want to approach them within the show? Well, I think, you know, we already know the answer to that question because we asked a similar question in our original interview, like, did you ever have to, when you interviewed someone, go back and follow up with someone else 
or run into issues about, you know, mudslinging. He's like, yeah, we did have a few issues like that, but we chose not to present it because we wanted to present an overall positive thing and not the mudslinging and drama. Uh, so I'm sure if they did encounter anything like that, well, it this just is, didn't make it to air. This is less mudslinging that I'm curious about and more about like legit controversies. Yeah. No, no, no. Legit. Like, Oh, okay. Problems. Like, like for example, if the show, which we'll, we'll watch and review, but I'm pretty sure before talking to him, but, mm-hmm. um, not much longer now. Yeah, right. I, know. I mean, like twenty six minutes to midnight for me. Yeah, I know. I trust me. It's it's it's. There's a lot happening at midnight today. Today's um, episode is going to be delayed. I'm just putting it out there. So normally this will post at six a.m. I'm probably not going to have it edited and ready to go by six a.m. Considering to, I to normally fair, have it done by now. Huh. To be fair, that that information will be up on social media prior to the episode going up. But yes. Um, you'll be, you'll definitely be listening to this later than normal if, if you listen to it when it's uploaded. Um, but no, the point I'm getting at is like, I, there's, there's questions that I have for him, questions about controversies or, um, if there was something that, that really bad happened, like how do they handle it? If, does it, does it have to involve the toys in order to be talked about? Like, I just want to know that kind of stuff. And we may have touched on that in the past, but maybe things changed slightly. I don't know. I just love to talk to him and get more information. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. There's also been a rumor out there that the production was delayed because of poor treatment of Zack Ryder in the wrestling episode. Now that's all coming from wrestling fans online. I have no idea to the validity of that, but I'm probably gonna say that's not a valid reason for any production delay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a documentary series. They can work around that for sure, but um, yeah. I, I just be I I want to talk to Brian Volkweiss again. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. He's a fun conversationalist. So let's get him yeah, on the show, yeah. guys. I'll do what I can because he's got a new series coming out at the end of this month called "The Movies That Made Us." Yes, and we'll watch that too. Trust the me. movies, the movies that they're going to be talking about, Ghostbusters, awesome. Home Alone. Fantastic. Dirty Dancing. Not as interested. And not as interested, no, but there were three out of the four super excited about. I can't remember what the fourth one was off the top of my head now, but it was a pretty iconic big movie from the 80s and 90s. Is it? Um, I wonder, maybe I have to watch a trailer for the show, but is that? They haven't done a trailer yet. Okay, because I was going to say, like, what is or what are they talking about within that show? Because... My knowledge on a lot of those movies already exists. So are they going to talk about like uh, the, the the advertising and the production? Uh, not production because the productions know. I kind of that's the thing I know about is the production. Um, so like merchandise, that was the other word that I'm curious about. Oh, Die Hard was the other one. Die Hard, Ghostbusters, Dirty Dancing, and Home Alone. Um, awesome. I mean, I'm gonna again. Can't stress this enough. Gonna watch it. Gotta watch it anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm just curious as to what movies that made us is going to talk about. Anyway, guys, we have we we gotta wrap this damn thing up. Uh, Josh, if you could run down all the social medias for the peoples and then yours, please and thank you. You can subscribe to and listen to this show on multiple platforms thanks for listening to it uh if you've been here already and throw a comment but as yeah give us a review on itunes leave us some comments uh leave a review and comments on stitcher uh you know uh, leave comments on podbean anywhere wherever you listen to this if you can comment do so we appreciate it leave a review uh You know, we have our Discord server, which is an app that allows you to chat with us. Uh, You can talk to us anytime, day or night. We'll respond as soon as we see it. We're typically always available on Discord, uh, both of us. Uh, We have the link for that will be down below. 
Uh, we've got our merchandise store on Redbubble where we have t-shirts, mugs, sweatshirts, hoodies, various other household items, uh, you know, pretty much anything that their store offers, we have it available where you can get merchandise for the show there. Uh, we also have the Facebook page where official posts come from can be found, and Twitter as well, uh, Instagram, and uh, we have the All Queued Up Discussions group. Um, so the links to all of those will be posted in the show notes, the description below. Just scroll down, follow those, and we would greatly appreciate that. And if you want to follow me personally, you can do so. Find me on Facebook under my regular name. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram accounts are linked there. And I also appear on two other podcasts um, aside from this one. They're both on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. On Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, every other Wednesday, I'm on a live action figure review show called Figabangin', uh, where my friends and I, uh, we uh, look at a live action review by our friend Ace and ask questions uh, about the product, and, you know, it's fun. We get a little juvenile on there, we act like we're 12, and that's cool. Uh, the other show I do is every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's called MPSP Theater, where my friends and I talk about various pop culture entertainment uh, news in the week. So, of course, we're absolutely going to talk about The Mandalorian tonight. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, other various news topics. And, you know, we have a discussion and everything. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and that's where you can find me. Greg, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me anywhere and everywhere under Chub Rock Geek. Search Chub Rock Geek and you will find my socials. You can also follow me on Twitch at Chub Rock Geek, uh, where I'll be streaming a lot of uh, Jackbox Party Pack with Josh here. Uh, I usually try to do that on Saturdays. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, mm-hmm. I, I'm not 100% sure yet, just because uh, my dad's birthday is on Sunday. So... There might be uh, some, like, pre-planning. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, if you go follow me on Twitch there and then come play along, we just had, uh, you know, our regular friends, Valer, Remelay. You guys are awesome. Thank you for coming and always hanging out. We had our friend uh, Cody on there who does our intro. Uh, Cody is hilarious. He's always a good time. We had a blast playing with him. But also a little bit of a surprise um uh, uh, hang out with uh, Shoki from Shoki Reviews. Um, yeah, yeah. That was uh, I was not expecting him to show up, and it was a pleasant surprise. So, yeah, yeah. Go check out his YouTube channel. He's uh, primarily a Gundam reviewer, but he also reviews Transformers and does other things. And uh, Shoki's a good dude. He's been a friend of mine for a while now, and you know he's he's always, dude. He's he's always just. He's always been genuine with me. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I, my sides hurt so much last Sunday from the laughter. We were laughing so hard Saturday night. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I, so I highly definitely come and check that out. Yeah. Um, and again, that's that's twitch.tv slash chubrockgeek. Um, if you follow our you know, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, you can see alerts for that when we go on. Yeah, we definitely try to throw that out there. Um, so yeah, go follow that, go follow me, and, and I'll always say when I'm going live and all that jazz, or I'll retweet what we put out, so there's always ways to know when we're going live, for sure. And it, and it does fluctuate due to my job and uh, just live things in general, so um, there is that. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's it, guys. Um, again, go watch uh, Toys That Made Us Season... Jack. What? Three. Yeah, Jack Round Season 2, Toys That Made Us Season oh, 3. Oh, sorry, you said Jack, and I was like, are you going to say Jackbox? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Jack Ryan Season 2, and Toys That Made Us Season 3, and keep up with Mandalorian, so you can keep up with us on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Um, join us next week for an ep- another episode of Uninhibited where Josh and I will probably shoot the shit and talk about whatever the hell comes to mind or maybe vent about our lives. (laughs) 
I don't know. It's our it's our uh, whatever podcast. So, um, I really enjoy doing that one. By the way, it's it's it is a blast. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, guys, that's gonna do it for us here this week. Uh, hopefully, this recording sticks. <laughs> I think it did. I I didn't see any problems on my end, but. I hope so. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it when we're done recording here, so hopefully everything sounds good. But guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care everybody.